Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Transforming Bodies podcast. Today, we're going to have a really interesting talk with uh, Dr. Sean Arenzi, and he's from Flawless Rejuvenation in Melbourne, and there's two clinics. Where are they, Sean? Uh, We've got one in Turak and one in Hampton. Nice. So you've covered all the bases nicely. That's perfect. Um, And today we're going to have a bit of a talk about, um, well, about safety and a little bit about, you know, where where the, you know, where the industry seems to be headed. Um, Sean is the vice president of the CPCA, which is the cosmetic position. I'm I'm the treasurer of the CPCA. Oh, sorry, I knew that. (laughs) The treasurer of the CPCA. Sorry, Sean. Um, So he's going to give us a a really nice um, rundown of, you know why they do what they do. So welcome, Sean. Oh, thank you very much, Trish, for having me. Oh, thank you so much for, for being with us today. So tell us, there's lots of changes that have gone on in the industry at the moment. And I know that, um, you know, I know that you've actually put together some some courses that are actually all about safety for, you know, the, the doctors and clinics, which is going to be really, really helpful. But can you tell us a little bit about it and like what prompted this to happen and what it is that you actually do and how that's going to benefit not only the consumer, but but the people from, from the um, CPCA as well? Sure. Um, well, I've seen over the last five years, I've seen a, a huge interest in not only injecting safety, but uh, in, in medical safety around the clinics. Um, and I think that uh, ultimately we, we all work in a medical space. So we should be able to deal with any medical complication that comes up in our space. And I think we're responsible for the patients who come into our clinic. And it would be, it would be an, awful, um, an awful situation for someone to walk into our clinic with a very simple medical problem that we can all deal with and end up dying from that. So I think if we can go back to basics, uh, and and just take a step back and and relearn how to treat some of these simple medical conditions, uh, we can certainly uh, add uh, another level of safety to our clinical practice and to our clinic. Yes, no, it's it's so important. So it's not only helping the patients, but it's helping um, the, the the practitioners, I guess, to know how to deal with situations because oh. they're not specifically trained in that, are they? Well. We, we all do this in med school or nursing school, so we all know how to do it, but we don't get the opportunity to see it uh, every day or every week, fortunately. But I think it's still things that we should uh, be able to deal with. Um, I'm lucky enough to be a full-time emergency consultant at the State Trauma Centre in Melbourne, so I kind of see this stuff every day. But um, if it happens in my clinic, it kind of puts me uh, on the back foot a little bit, but uh, and I see this thing, these things every day, but if it was somebody who hasn't seen it for a year or two years, then they would really struggle to, to manage that medical emergency. And I think it's something that we can do very simply. And it's, it's not rocket science. It's stuff we all know. It's in the back of our head. It's just about bringing that knowledge to the forefront and keeping it, uh, keeping it at our fingertips. I mean, we all know that we need to be credentialed for CPR every three years. Um, we just take it a little step further and make sure that you can deal with not only heart attacks, but anaphylaxis, asthma attacks, faints, chest pain, um, the choking child in the clinic. Uh, that sort of just simple things. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And and I guess it's a little bit like um, 
like I do a first aid course and I have to do a refresher every, every couple of years. So it's kind of the same thing. Hey, so it's almost like it should be a mandatory thing that you've got to do it just to kind of like, because it's true, if you haven't done something like that for, you know, it's three or four or five years, you're going to even remember what to do. So it's actually, a, a, you know, it's a great initiative. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been fun putting it together. Um, and we've had a lot of good feedback and a lot of people have enjoyed the course so far. <laughs> And so is that something that's offered like online or is it done in it's it's done um currently it's done at the Alfred Hospital um it's a full day course where we will take you through the uh the common medical emergencies that we would expect to see um and we talk to you about the equipment that you should carry and there's there's no rocket science there about what you should carry and also the drugs that you should have at hand um, to help you deal with these emergencies. And most doctors, well, all doctors have got access to this through the uh, doctor's drug bag that we uh, are furnished with and uh, all the drugs that you can obtain are free. Uh, Medicare pay for, for, for the cost of the drugs for you to have them in your clinic. So it's really a no-brainer. Yeah, of course. And so what about for people that aren't in Melbourne? Like is that going to be something that, that – um, they're going to be able to look at down the track or is it just started in Melbourne then it's going to you know, be a bit of a road show or, or how does that uh, work? It has, it has started in Melbourne. We've had uh, lots of people from all over Australia attend the courses so far, but that's a good thought. Maybe we could take it on the road and, make, and take it to some other, uh, some other states. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm. And I was just wondering myself as well because I know that um, um, every year – Actually, most professions, not just doctors and nurses and surgeons, but even accountants and even real estate agents actually have to do a certain amount of their CBD points to, you know, to make sure that they're, you know, they're, con you know, continuous improvement, just that they're committed to continuous improvement and keeping up to date with everything. Does this count to any of their points or is that where you're headed with it or is it already? No, absolutely. Um, the course has been recognised by the uh, College of General Practitioners for CBD points. Um, it's also been recognised by the uh, CPCA for CPD points. So um, I don't think you'd have uh, any problem having your college recognise the points um, as a CPD. Yep, well, that's good. That's really good to know because I think that's, um, you know, it's just an extra bonus that they're going to... Oh, absolutely. Because sometimes you do things that you don't, you know, you're not particularly interested in or, or you know, just because you've got to get your points. But when you can actually do something like this, that not only do you get your points, but you gain or you increase your skills, it's, it's a bonus. Absolutely. Mm. So as a patient myself, how can... Like I mean, of course, it's pretty obvious, but how can that benefit me in knowing that? Uh, like, how would I know that someone's actually that I'm going to go and see has actually, you know, is actually properly qualified, got all, you know, member of all the right society, you know, societies or colleges or associations? How can I know that? Like, is there an easy way for the consumer to kind of work out that they're going to someone who that if something happens, you know, they know what to do? Because like we've heard too many times of um you know, like, uh, well, we have lately heard too many times of like some horror stories here and there where people just are not set up for, you know, things that could go wrong. Absolutely. I think uh, currently in the CPCA, we're working on some guidelines to accredit um, clinics with regards to standards of safety. But right now, I, I would, if I was a consumer looking for somebody to do um, a cosmetic treatment on me, I would make sure that they were a member of 
one of the colleges, whether it be the College of Plastic Surgery, whether it be the CPCA, the ACCS, but a recognised college that has standards in place to ensure that their members um, are qualified and have ongoing uh, CPD and education around um, what they do. Yeah, because it's true. We've got all those um, titles being bandied around, but the average consumer doesn't really know who who does what, like, and who's qualified to do what. So it's kind of it's about really doing your research, Haggis. Hey, I mean, I've picked up the phone myself and um, inquired about um, something just as like a mystery caller, and someone has um, falsely told me that that person was, you know, had a qualification that they didn't have, just in general conversation. Um, so you've got to really kind of look that stuff up yourself, don't you? At this stage, you do absolutely have to look them up. But uh, if you jump onto the CPCA website or the ACCS website, there is a list of members there um, and they will inform you who is actually a member of that society and who's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you want to find out whether they're medically qualified, you have um, APRA. You can jump onto the APRA website and that will tell you, A, if their medical registration is up to date and whether they have any uh, any restrictions on their medical practice. Yeah, right, because they might have all the right qualifications that they might have some conditions placed on their registration because they may have, you know, I don't know if it's done something wrong or, or I don't, like, why would someone get a restriction? <laughs> oh, there are many reasons why someone would get a restriction. Um, it can be from uh, from an investigation by APRA to uh, to um, being restricted because their initial qualification was from another country. Oh, okay. So if someone even came over from another country, you might see restrictions. So you kind of want to read about that restriction and find out what it's about because they might be yeah, make sure they've okay. passed all the, the, the or jumped over the hurdles that uh, the medical board has put in front of them. Got it. And what about in the case of um, nurses, like like injecting nurses and and people that do lasers and and dermal clinicians yeah. and all that? Is there any kind of um, I guess, overriding structure for them where they have to adhere to certain things or is that kind of like, you know, cut blanche for them or, or you know, like... That, that's, a little of... bit more, that's a little bit more difficult, um, yeah. again, to know the type of training they've had within the cosmetic realm. Um, the dermal clinicians are a little bit easier because if they've managed to obtain a degree in a dermal therapy from a, a reputable university like Vic Uni, then uh, you could bet your bottom dollar these guys are quite skilled and uh, and very good at what they do. Uh, when it comes to nursing, it's, it's, it's a little different. So you have to look at the nurse's experience, um, who they've been working with, who they're being supervised by. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a minefield. Yeah. That's so true. And I, and I think, I mean, that is kind of changing a little bit in the sense that there's a lot of, you know, forums out there, you know, like our own as well, where people can kind of, um, you know, put a question up. And, and um, I mean, I love it because I'm in a lucky position whereby if someone does ask a question, I mean, it might take me a bit to get back to them, but I can actually find out the answer by just making, you know, a few calls or, or you know, going to the right place and just checking things and and even then even if you know that the person's properly qualified you kind of want to look at what they do and check out a bit of the social I mean I know the social media is all about you know the good stuff I know as well Mm. but um you know you kind of got to look everywhere don't you before you go anywhere these days don't you think because I mean absolutely uh, research is essential yeah to to find out who's going to basically do a medical procedure on your skin or on your face or on your body 
it's important that you know that 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 you're you're confident that they can do that procedure in a safe manner yeah yeah that's so true and like some unscrupulous i guess if you like uh, practitioners like i know that there's there's a lot around um that do um cut pricing and um they've got people in there that aren't even qualified to do the things that they're doing like even lasers they don't even you know like you've got to have a laser safety training certificate so as a practitioner that you should really walk in there and ask all those questions hey like you know there needs uh, to absolutely be like a, a stock standard list list of questions or something that um like a checklist or something maybe i should work with you guys to make one <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there are a couple of them around the, the traps, but uh, to have one um, signed off by a couple of the big institutions would be a really helpful thing to help the consumer select their practitioner. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea. So tell us, because I know that we've covered about the safety for doctors and the fact that, um, you know, it's good to have, you know, uh, to be affiliated with a, a college or or um you know, or an association, and most most clinics will have that on their website, of course, so you can know, you can look it up and see exactly what that college or association is about. But what about, um, like, tell us about your clinic. So, like, how like how have you got it? How long have you been in the industry? Like, what do you offer at your clinic? Um, so, I've been in the industry for about, uh, just coming up to 10 years now. Um, we, my clinic's quite unique in that we only employ either doctors, um, nurses or dermal therapists. So we don't employ any beauty therapists at that stage. That kind of self-selects us out to uh, hopefully give uh, a higher standard of care. Uh, with regards to what we do, we're a full-service cosmetic clinic. We've got lots and lots of toys to play with. So not only the injectable side, but we have a number of different lasers. Uh, we have radio frequency machines. We've got IPL machines. We've got body contouring machines in the form of cool sculpting machines. We offer uh, advice on skin care. We do skin peels and skin assessments. So it's a kind of full-service cosmetic clinic. And you know what? what? One of the things that I have, like I always suggest to people as well, because like I don't, I don't like to give people advice, but I do like to say, well, if it was me, this is what I would do. Um, I think it's really important these days in, in the fact that we all want you know, we all want to look our best, um, or most of us want to look our best. We want to look, you know, we want to, you know, keep our, I mean, we want to age, but we want to age gracefully or, or absolutely whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think I think it's really important to, from the very beginning, align yourself, like find a clinic that's going to be like your go-to clinic. And that might be, you know, you might have one surgical, one non-surgical, or you might, you know, it, it might be a combination <laughs> or whatever, but align yourself with with a clinic and then you actually, you know, someone that you're happy with and you're comfortable with and you become kind of part of the family. And then from there, you can pretty much get a solution to all of your problems because every person treats something, from what I've seen around, nearly every, well, not every practitioner, but most if you go to different places, people will give you a different response. For I can say, okay, what what can you do for me? I've got, you know, this is what I'm suffering from. And one clinic to the next, they'll all give you something different to do, and then you get just confused, and it's like, oh my god, one oh, doctor absolutely. told me this, one doctor told me that. So, and that's when you know your head just spins. And this is surgery or non-surgery, really. But um, so you align yourself with the clinic that you trust, um, and that does a variety of procedures, and you can pretty much get everything you want done at the one place and if it's something that you don't do of course if someone needed it you'd send them on to someone that did do it 
Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. If we don't cater for you with the machine or the, if we think that this machine would be the best machine to, to treat your, your condition or your issue and we don't have it, then we'll refer you to the, to the person that we think does the best job in, uh, in, in our state or in, in Melbourne. Absolutely. Oh, and, it's, and it's a relationship we want to have with the client. We don't yeah. want to just get you in and uh, see you once. We want to have an ongoing relationship with you over the next few years to make sure that your skin and your aesthetic appearance is the best that it can be. That's so true. And you know what? That's one thing that I've noticed as an outsider stepping into the industry, the fact that um, if, if you can't do anything, you'll pass it on to someone. Who, like people have a respectable relationship from clinic to doctor to clinic to doctor. You know what I mean? It's all, it's a nice little zigzaggy relationship that people have with each other that, you know, you, if you wouldn't send someone to someone that you wouldn't be comfortable going to and, and vice versa. And I think that respect kind of, like you can see it as an outsider, you know, you can see that um, practitioners respect other practitioners and it, and it goes on like that. So it's actually reassuring for, for me just as a consumer to kind of step in and, you know, because I do get a bit of an insight into your world, which I love and it's fantastic, but to actually see the, the genuineness there as well and the fact that everybody combines together to like because ultimately it's all about a better result for the patient I mean that's what I've noticed anyway because it's always about patient safety do this right you don't want to you know it's always focused on the patient and I, I love that as a patient of course well that's what we strive for but there certainly are clinics out there that are not focused on the patient and they're focused on getting as much money out of the patient as they can regardless of the result or, or what that what the end uh, the end uh, result looks like Mm. And you know what? I always say to people, go to more than one and then you're going to work that out for yourself. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to pretty much go with your gut. Like we're, we're pretty, you know, most people have, you know, got, you know, can be pretty, although it's hard sometimes with the non-surgicals. In, in, in fact, with all beauty, it's really hard because, you know, like I'm very much one of those persons. Like, oh, my God, yes, that's what I want. Do it now. You know what I mean? So, so you've yeah. got to kind of take a breath, take a step back, have a think and, you know, think before you, you know, do that next step hey and, and make sure that price isn't the only driving factor in your decision oh my god that's so important that's so true because um it costs uh, one of the things i learned one of the um i can't remember who it was that says it all the time i think it's dr kumar it's like um do it right or do it twice yeah yeah i love that exactly awesome. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time that you've taken to talk to us today. I know you're really busy, so I really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. So, listeners, if you're out there, um, if you're interested in, um, you know, hooking up with a great clinic, finding a great practitioner, you can go to Flawless Rejuvenation or you can actually even go to the CPCA website and, um, you know, find someone around your area um, that you can start like stalking on social media and have a look and think, yeah, that's somewhere I'd like to go to actually help me with my, um, what would you call it? It's like, I, I like to call it my, um, my maintenance aesthetic. plan. Yeah, my, aesthetic my, yes, my anti-aging maintenance plan. <laughs> that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sean. That's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Pleasure. Thank you, Trish. Thanks heaps. Bye. Bye-bye. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.